0: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 391.
1: There is a machine, a multi-billion dollar machine at work that is causing you to pick up your phone unconsciously. It's actually not your fault. But since you're going to have a device in your pocket screaming your name 24 hours a day, you do need a defense plan.
0: You weren't created to live busy and burnt out, unhappy and unfulfilled. You shouldn't be haunted by some elusive idea of balancing it all. There's more for you right now, today. And it starts with taking back your time the guilt-free way. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and you've found the Read to Lead podcast, a podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth where I believe that if you want true success in your business and in your life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. Today, we get to chat with Christy Wright. She's author of a brand new book called Take Back Your Time, A Guilt-Free Guide to Life Balance. I'm going to ask Christy to share about what she means when she says balance isn't something we do as much as something we become, some of the more common reasons we tend to feel out of balance, her five-step easy-to-follow path to balance, and plenty more. Hey, if you think you might be interested in providing training for your team, whether that's the concepts in my book related to developing that consistent and intentional reading habit, reading more in less time, and making the most of what you're reading, or the personal habits training I've developed that comes from my nearly 400 interviews with authors on this very show, I'd love to hear from you. I offer each of these trainings in the form of half-day workshops, or you can do both in a single-day workshop if you prefer. And related to those, I also offer help with creating, launching, facilitating, and leading your own company book club. For more information on either of these workshops or book club offerings, you can write to contact at readtoleadbook dot com that's contact at read to lead christy wright is a number one national best selling author and inspiring personal development speaker she is host of the christy wright show which is available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts she has spoken to thousands across the country at women's conferences fortune 500 companies and her own sold out live events her first book, Business Boutique, a woman's guide for making money doing what she loves has sold over 200,000 copies. Christie's new book is called Take Back Your Time, a guilt free guide to life balance. I'm delighted to have her here. It's her first visit. I've had a lot of her coworkers on the show before, but this is Christie's first time. Christie, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this.
0: Well, I want to start off right out of the gate by asking you, what do you mean when you say that <laughs> uh, balance isn't as much about something that we do as much as it is about something we we become?
1: Yes. Well, let me give you the backstory to where I where what got me here, which mm. is really the the thesis of the book. I have been asked for over ten years of 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 doing this work of being a speaker and author and traveling. The number one question I've been asked is, how do you balance it all? Mm. How do you balance it all? How do you balance everything? And balance is always used as a verb, right? Like how do you balance it all? (laughs) And we've got all the analogies, spinning plates and juggling balls and walking the tightrope and which balls are rubber that you can let drop (laughs) and which balls are glass and you can't let those drop and not on Wednesday, but the third Tuesday, you can't. This this sounds so stressful. This sounds exhausting. Mm. It also sounds like I can do all of that and still feel like something's not right in my life. Mm. I can work really hard to walk the tightrope, spin the plates, juggle the balls, and be good at everything. And I can still feel out of balance. And that led me down this path to start asking different questions and really dig into the issue behind the issue. Not just how do we manage our calendars better? How can we be more productive, more Mm. efficient? Again, I can do all of that. I can multitask, wake up early, stay up late, rush, run, be efficient. And just at the end of the day, I'm just exhausted and I don't feel any more balanced. And so I started asking different questions to your point. What if balance isn't so much something you do, Mm. how you balance it all? What if it's a feeling you create? What if it's something you could become? What if you could become balanced in an Mm. out of balance world? What if you could feel balanced and still be busy or in a busy season? What if Mm. balance... Looks less like productivity and efficiency and more like peace, being confident in your choices when you say yes to this thing, no to that thing, being uh, happy and proud of how you spend your time. I think that is what we're really after when we talk about balance. And so that's what I set out to uh, define and give practical, actionable steps to in my book. I wanted to get to the issue behind the issue, which is why. I love the subtitle so much. It's take back your time, but the guilt-free guide to life balance. Mm. That's what I want to help people create in their life.
0: Uh, I so am so jazzed about about how you've defined that, how you've laid this out. If someone were to look at my calendar, they would go, well, Jeff, you, you seem to be pretty busy. But one thing I did... Uh, a couple of years ago was decide to uh, take a 30,000 foot view and and look at what I'm doing through the lens of, of what gives me energy, what zaps my energy and color coding my calendar accordingly. And I found that yeah. for those things that give me energy, which I colored green, there was a lot of that. And for things yeah. that zap my energy that I colored red, there was almost nothing. Wow. And, and so that helped me to realize that I'm, I'm busy, I, I'm loving what I'm doing, and I'm not doing anything that would take me out of balance.
2: Good for you.
0: Uh, uh, what, what are some of the reasons we tend to feel out of balance? You, you cover, I think, four of these early on in, in the book.
1: Yeah, well, they, they really make sense in context of, of my definition. And so I, yeah. I redefine life balance in this book as life balance is not doing everything for an equal amount of time like we often feel the pressure to. Mm-hmm. It's doing the right things at the right time. And when you do the right things at the right time, you actually feel that balance you've been looking for all along. And there's four things that really get in the way of that. Four root causes that keep us from doing the right things at the right time, as, as we would talk about. You may relate to some more than others. Your listeners may relate to some more than others. But there's four causes. Number one, doing too many things. And this is the most obvious. People are like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let me give you an analogy. So when I come home from the grocery store, it doesn't matter if I have two bags or 35. <laughs> Every single time I open the, the trunk of my SUV and I look at that load, however massive it may be, and I go, Oh, yeah, I can carry all this in my trip. and I load up my arms all the way up to my shoulders until my veins are bulging, my wrists are blue. I look like I have got some kind of I look like the hulk or something trying to walk in my house with all these groceries and inevitably the same thing happens every single time. the bags break, I'm frustrated, Salsa's rolling down the sidewalk, apples are rolling down the street, and I'm frustrated, but the reason I'm frustrated is because I was never meant to carry all that at one time. Mm. The same result happens every time your time is finite. As long as your solution to all the demands is to cram more in crowbar more in, wake (laughs) up early, stay up late, run harder and faster in between. And if you could just rush and be a little more efficient, you're just going to be exhausted Mm. and not any more balanced. You're just going to be really stinking tired. (laughs) And so doing too many things will always lead us to feeling out of balance, like the grocery analogy. Mm. The second problem is actually the exact opposite. The second problem is not doing enough things. Mm. Now your type A hard driving people won't relate to this, but there are people that do. People that struggle with balance in a different way. For example, someone that might be an empty nester and they used to spend all their time revolving around their kids, taking them here and there. All of a sudden their kids are gone and they're bored. Like, what do do I do with my time? Mm. Maybe someone that's newly retired. They're kind of like, okay, now I feel kind of aimless. I don't know what to do with my time. All of us experienced this last year in the pandemic. At first, we loved the gift of free time. And after about two (laughs) to three weeks, we were bored. So if you don't have relationships to connect with, Mm. responsibilities to show up for, outlets to share your gifts with, then you're going to be bored and out of balance. So that's the opposite problem. Then the third cause of being out of balance is we're doing the wrong things. In your example, Jeff, would be all those things that were read. A lot of people don't do what you did. And they've got their calendar full of red things. They're just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. So they're doing things that are not life-giving. They're not important. They're not a priority. They're not energy-giving. And as long as you spend your time on your, in your one life on things that are not important to you, then of course you're going to feel out of balance because no matter how perfectly you manage your schedule, you're doing the wrong mm-hmm. stuff. Extreme example here would be, let's say someone is working a full-time job that they hate. Mm-hmm. They've got a toxic boss and a toxic culture and they hate the job. What well, doesn't matter how perfectly you micromanage your calendar you're spending 40 plus hours a week doing something you hate you will never feel balanced when you spend your life on the wrong things and Mm -hmm. while we all have a few things we have to do like pay taxes and change diapers we are more in control of our calendar than we realize Mm -hmm. and so doing the wrong things will always lead to us feeling out of balance the fourth and final cause is not doing the right things and this is a little different than doing the wrong things the right things would be in your example the green things, the things mm. that are energy giving, they are your priority. They're super important to you. They fill you up and make you come alive. I hear more often than not people say statements like this I love to work out, but I don't ever have the time to. I wanna go on a date with my spouse, but we can never make our schedules line up. You know, I wanna volunteer for this ministry, but I never have the time. I wanna start a business, but I can never make it work out. As long as you have things in your life that you care deeply about and you do not spend time on them, You're going to feel stressed and anxious because there's an inconsistency in your life between what you care about deeply and what your life actually reflects, what you actually spend your time on. Because again, life balance comes from doing the right things at the right time. So I want to help people bridge that gap. I want to help them spend their time on things that are right for them in this season. And the great news is you get to decide what's right for you. I just want to help you bridge that gap so that you can feel the balance you've been looking for.
0: If you haven't guessed, uh, I'm a fan of reading. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> uh, I often get asked, Jeff, yep, how do you have time to read as much as you do? I would like to do that too. And I often first ask, well, how, what, what are some of your favorite TV shows? And they rattle off about three or four and then they go, That's oh, right. I see what you did there. You, know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you got to schedule time to do the things that matter. You don't sure. find
1: time. You yeah. make it. You don't find time. you're lying around. I've never been cleaning my house and just found some time. Ever. You have to make it. If it's important, you make it.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of which, one of the key aspects of all this is, is the time traps that you identify that we tend to fall into. You even get a little vulnerable with, with the first one.
1: Yeah. So, these, this list is not exhaustive, but I would say these are examples of things that many people lose time to, which is why I wanted to highlight each of them. And, and what, what I'm trying to do here is get to the issue behind the issue. If someone just looks at the surface of their calendar, they're just going to try to move the puzzle pieces around. They're going to maybe mm. get it a little bit better. And then the same core problems, the root motivations that got them out of balance in the first place are going to creep up again and again. Mm. So I want to help people solve this balance problem at the root level of what's going on in us. So I'll use a couple examples and, and then you, you know, feel free to ask any follow-ups. But I, I often, and many Christians, many people of faith fall into this. I often think, well, I'm so busy because I just love to help people. I'm just (laughs) such a giver. I'm just such a servant. I'm just being a good Christian and I just can't help it. Just love to help others. Now, I'm acting sarcastic. There's a part of that that is true. Of course, I do love to help others. Mm. That's not all of it. Okay, And I think if we're willing to be honest with ourselves, which is absolutely crucial to solving this at the core level, If we're willing to look in the mirror and get honest with ourselves, often there are other motivations at play that lead us to make the decisions that we do, to spend the time on the things that we do. So for example, I remember a pastor saying years ago, one sentence that just cut me to the core and I've never gotten over it. He said, there's a very big difference between doing something to be loving and doing it to be loved. And if I'm honest, a lot of my effort and striving is to earn love. I want people to think I'm impressive. I want people to think I'm a good mom. I want people to think I'm a good person. I care deeply about what Mm. other people think, even as an Enneagram eight, which is so embarrassing to admit, I do care. I might care a little less than the average person, but I do care (laughs) about what other people think. And so it's taken taken some heart work, Mm. hard work, but also heart work to figure out what's going on in me that leads me to say yes to all these other things. Because as long as we just continue to live in the narrative, that we are so busy and exhausted because we're such good people. We're going to stay busy and exhausted forever, which is not healthy. It's not wise. And if you're a person of faith it's not the life that God calls you to. He does not say, go, please be a doormat. <laughs> and so I think it's critical that we're honest with ourselves, that we have some, some honest reflection on how we got ourselves to this place in the first place. Let me use another example, a parenting example. And again, this is to your point, me being super vulnerable about what's going on in me. Mm. Sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. I remember as an extreme example, a couple of years ago for Christmas, like all moms, I wanted a picture of my kids in their matching Christmas pajamas in front of the Christmas tree for a great family photo showing what a fun night we're having. Right? <laughs> so I force everyone to get in front of the tree. And after about 497 photo attempts, we have no good photos. And at the end of this, everyone is sweating. Everyone is crying. Everyone is screaming. Mm. Ornaments are breaking. But the brother hit the other brother. I, am, I mean, it is the exact opposite of a fun night. So in an effort to capture a photo of what a fun night we're having, I created an environment that was the exact opposite of Mm. fun because I wasn't focused on having fun. I was focused on taking a picture of fun that Mm. I could post. And since that moment and that aha moment for me, of course, I still want pictures of my kids. And of course, I still desire that. But I just set a new rule for myself, a rule that is going to help me be the person I want to be and live the life I want to lead. And that rule is this. It's the rule of three. I take three photos. If we don't get it in three, <laughs> we're done. And as simple as that is, that has set me free from the temptation to create these, these stressful environments. So whether it's focusing on your son, tucking in a shirt when he's walking into church and you end up yelling at him, acting like your most unchristian self, <laughs> or if it's a photo in front of the Christmas tree, when we focus on the wrong thing, it turns us into people we don't want to be and in a life we don't want to lead. And so I, I kind of walk through what are some examples of what's going on in us? that leads us to do what we do and spend our time the way that we do so that we can free ourselves from that. And not only have more time, we're going to have a whole lot more fun and a lot more real life pictures, which I think is a good thing.
0: Hmm. I want to touch now on uh, briefly each of the five steps that you lay out, the path to, to balance. Yeah. And, and step one is decide what matters. Talk about the difference, Christy, between traditional prioritizing and what you call fixed and flexible priorities
1: thank you for asking. I love this part of the book. And I think it's something we don't talk about enough. So thank you for asking, because my, where this came from is aside from the fact that it has a practical implication in how we manage our time in the past for years of doing this. If I ever talk about priorities, I often hear people say, especially Christians, I'm not trying to hate on the Christians today. I am a Christian, <laughs> but, but let me use this analogy. For an example, I'll hear the Christians say, my priorities are God, others, self in that order. And I'm like, that is so sweet. That's a wonderful Sunday school answer. That is very impractical on like how you're going to manage your Monday. Okay. Mm. <laughs> like, like, I need, we need to be specific. So what I mean by fixed priorities are yes. When push comes to shove and all hell breaks loose, you know what matters most. If push comes to shove, my kids matter more than my work. Hands down. I would walk out of this building and never walk back. If, if, if my son was in the ER, you know, I mean, In these extreme examples, yes, you need to know what matters most. Most of us don't live in these extreme examples most of the time. We're just living in a normal week. And we need to know how to manage our time in a normal week with normal, flexible priorities. And what I mean by that is, while you have these fixed priorities of if push comes to shove and hell breaks loose, you also need a set of flexible priorities. And what that means is you're going to have a set of priorities that are more specific to the timeframe you're living in, more current, more relevant and more fluid mm. to what's going on. So I might have some priorities in this. The, the three time frames I give you in the book are season, week, and day. So in a given season, you have a set of priorities that in general, these are the things that matter most to me in this season. Seasons is a big theme in the book and we can come back to that if you want to because I don't, again, I don't think we talk about this enough because mm. your season will affect your priorities. For example, right. I'm in a season of launching a book. So my priorities, our work. Work is first. Mm. It does not mean I do not love my kids. It does not mean I'm a bad mom, but this reflects the season I'm in in a practical time management standpoint. Second is my family. Things that fall lower right now in this season, working out, clean house, and time with friends. <laughs> those are three things that are important to me. Mm. I spent time on those things this summer when I wasn't launching a book. Mm. Right now, those things are not really getting a lot of my time, but I don't feel bad about that because what's right right now is the book, and then my kids. Then within a given week, like for example, this week is back to school. So I'm taking this whole afternoon off. I'm taking Wednesday morning off to get my son all situated in his classroom, whatever. So in a week, okay, there's things that work revolves around school and back to school and teacher meetings. Cool. Mm. In a given day, I might have a day. And by the way, these change. For example, I was supposed to be off Friday. I just got a text right before you and I started recording that Friday, someone's out sick. I'm going to be hosting the Ramsey show on Friday. (laughs) Your priorities need to be flexible. They need to reflect what is most important to you in a specific current and relevant way per season, within that season, per week, within that week, each day, and be willing to change them as the situation calls for it. But I think if we don't know that things are flexible, then we hold our feet to the fire and feel guilty for, oh my gosh, my children don't come first. No, my children do not come first. Every single day, all day, I wouldn't have an income or a job or be able to do my work. (laughs) Right. So we need to be more specific and tactical with our priorities.
0: I think that is so freeing to hear. I think a lot of people are hearing that for the first time. So I'm so glad you, yeah. you unpacked that to the extent that you did. We talked a little bit uh, or touched on briefly, stop doing what doesn't matter. That's officially step two of the path. Uh, what are some of the more common distractions, though, Christy, that we're up against? Things that, that most of us say aren't important, but we lose time to anyway. Yes.
1: Well, the way that I define a distraction in terms of your calendar or your schedule is anything that is not important to you. Mm. If something is not important to you, with few exceptions, it should not get very much of your time. So if you identify, hey, I'm working a full-time job that I hate, I walk you through how to start to make changes. You can't walk out tomorrow. I get that. I don't want you to, but you start to make changes. But day-to-day, week-to-week, we all lose a lot of time to things that are not important to us. Mm. The There are common ones, for example making other people's problems, your problem. (laughs) So someone comes to you like, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. We don't Mm. have a coach for the soccer team. Not that I know anything about that. (laughs) And they're like, I know, I'll do it. And again, it goes back to like me needing to be the hero, me needing to save the day because being needed makes me feel good about myself. Mm. So you can always point it to motivations. But when you get distracted by other people's problems, you lose time for your own. Mm. Like you don't have any problems or priorities or things you got to deal with. And so that would be an example, making other people's problems your problem. The need to prove yourself. Oh my gosh, like just, I want people to think I'm a good mom. So I'm going to show up at every single thing. Or I want people to think I'm a good team member or leader. So I'm going to say, you know, come early, stay late, all of that. This need to prove yourself. We've got all these needs and distractions mm. that kind of intermingle to lead us to lose time. But I'll just camp on the most common one screens. Mm. I don't hate screens, social media, technology, TV shows. They're fun, it's fine. But When we begin to see the research around time spent on television, time spent on social media, time spent on just technology in general, it's very eye-opening because the same people that say to me, I don't have any time to go on a date with my husband, are the same people that know exactly who got the last rose on The Bachelorette. And my (laughs) statement to them, as tough love as this is, is if you know about every single man that's ever received a rose on The Bachelorette, but you don't know about the man living in your own house, you don't have a time problem you have a priority problem. Mm. And so we need to be aware of what we're losing our time to and change our habits so that we're spending time on things that are actually important to us. Because those are the things, whether it's reading, going on a date with your spouse, waking up early to work out, cleaning the house, whatever's important to you, when you spend time on those things, you feel the balance you've been looking for. When I scroll Instagram for 45 minutes, when I went on there just to check one thing or post one thing and 45 minutes later, Mm. I'm not feeling like my best self after that. (laughs) I'm not feeling super balanced and proud of how I spent my time. And Mm so I actually, in the book, dig into the very concerning research and psychology of social media, the addictive nature of technology, of how our brains are teaching us to do this and we're not aware of it. So I'm not mad at people. I'm not, oh, you're such a terrible person for checking your phone. I'm going, hey, there is a machine, a multi-billion dollar machine at work Mm -hmm. that is causing you to pick up your phone unconsciously. It's actually not your fault. But since you're going to have a device in your pocket screaming your name 24 hours a day, you do need a defense plan. So I talk about some things that I do. I have a box at home that when I walk in the door, I put my phone in the box so that it's out of sight and I'm not tempted to pick it up so I can actually look at my kids. Mm-hmm. When they're telling me a story because I know that I'm just as susceptible as everyone else is. And so since there's all this force working against us to get us staring at our phone all day, every day, we need some practices, some habits, some tactics to help us resist that temptation so that we can spend our time on what matters most and be the people that we actually want to be.
0: Christy uh, recommends the Netflix documentary, The Social yes. Dilemma, As Do I. Watch that when you get a chance. That's one of the few times you'll hear me say, you know, go watch <laughs> Watch
1: TV. Yeah. It's a good one. It's worth yeah.
0: it. Yeah. We, t- we touched on scheduling what matters, how important that is. What have you learned about the importance of systems for success versus just identifying goals you want to achieve?
1: Yeah. I'm not a rule person. This is going to come as no shock to anyone that follows me or knows me, but I'm mm. I'm a creative. I have a wild imagination and I'm a free spirit. So if you talk to me about rules, I'm like, I buck this. I don't like them already. I don't even know what the rules are. I don't like them. I don't like rules. I don't like things. Tell me what I can, and can't do. Mm. feels restrictive. So things like boundaries, super scheduling things, mm. systems, as an example, sound really restrictive and no fun to me mm. until I learned Actually, from Pastor Craig Rochelle, that systems are just a tool that help you do what you say you wanna do and be who you say you wanna be. And and what he said, the way that he unpacked it, and I talk about this in the book, was so eye opening that it actually made me accept it and even like the idea of systems. So he said, We all have systems. Hmm. We either have them by intent or by default. So systems are a result of what you've created intentionally or what you've tolerated Hmm. and just allowed to happen. And I realized that I actually did have systems. My systems just sucked. So as an example, I had a system of hitting snooze 47 times. Mm. So I would set my alarm 45 minutes early because I knew I wasn't going to wake up the first time it went off Mm. so that I could hit snooze over and over again. Get 45 minutes less sleep because you're not really sleeping when you're drifting off back and forth every five minutes. Mm. And then eventually wake up at the same time anyway. (laughs) my husband and I were just talking last night and he somehow brought up this research. He goes, yeah, he goes, there's been so much research about the snooze button and how it does not work at all Mm. that you always end up waking up when you know you have to. So it's Mm. better just to set your alarm for when you have to wake up because your brain knows that's when you have to wake up and Mm. then you get all that more sleep that you weren't snoozing. So he had reminded me of that. And I, I have been, I'd done this other times for my normal wake up time, but I'd never done it with my workout time. So this morning, I tried. I was like, all right, I must set my alarm for 4.15, which is when I really have to get up to get out the house to go to five o'clock yoga. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. tight for me. Cause I'm like, if I miss it, I miss it. I've already signed up for this class, but I did it. I set it this morning for 4.15 and I looked at it and I promise you, even in my groggy state at four in the morning and having just woken up for the first time, my brain looked at my phone, it said 4.15 and it knew this is when you have to actually get up. Mm -hmm. And so I actually got up at the time without hitting snooze. And so when you begin to identify, we all have systems, some just suck. Mm. It makes you want to be more intentional to create systems that work for you that actually set you up for success. So another another simple system I've started is I have started setting a bedtime of 930. And so no matter what is happening at 930, mm. even if I'm cleaning, even if there's dishes, even if there's a great show on, even if I'm scrolling Instagram, even if whatever, at 930, I have set this timer on my phone or sometimes I'll put on my calendar, go upstairs. I go upstairs, I wash my face, take my contacts out, and I'm in bed. I'll read a little bit. I'm in bed by 10 Mm. versus sitting downstairs and I look. I'm like, oh, shoot, it's 1045. (laughs) I didn't even mean to stay up so late so I can be grouchy the next day. So we just systems are something you can use Mm. to help you do what you say you want to do. And they're not restricting. They're actually freeing because you begin to become a person that you want to be, which is a good thing. Mm.
0: Mm, I love it. Uh, I'm a little older than you, uh, so so my bedtime's nine. <laughs> there
1: you go. Probably way more rested than me, uh, yeah, and I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. So about 8.30, my phone tells me, hey, it's time to there start doing those 10 things you got to do before you, you go to bed. I I had a bunch more questions I wanted to ask, but we are out of time, Uh, and so that just means I'm going to leave you uh, listening wanting more, and that's never a bad thing. Uh, This was a lot of fun. I I really have enjoyed this book and approaching this topic from, to me, uh, an original and refreshing way. So thank thank you you. for that, and and thank you for gracing us with your presence today.
1: Thank you for having me, and thanks for saying that. That's the best compliment you could give me. This is a talked about topic it's a very it's been around a long time i wanted to bring something new so you're the first person to say it in that way thank you for saying that that means a lot
0: if you like the idea that life balance doesn't come from getting more done but it's about doing the right things at the right time and it leads to peace not exhaustion this is your book for a summary of our conversation that includes a link to Christie's book and her social media channels, among other things, visit the show notes page for this episode. That's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 391 for episode 391. And remember to write me for more information on my full and half-day workshop offerings and in-house book club facilitation. That address is contact at readtoleadbook.com. That's contact at readtoleadbook.com. That wraps up this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hope to see you next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead.